Hey there, welcome to the Living La Vida Plant-Based Podcast, a podcast where we'll dive deep into all things related to living a plant-based lifestyle. I'm your host, Morella, and my goal is to help you discover how to thrive at any stage of your life. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're having a fabulous week as we are approaching the Christmas holiday. Uh, I am recording this the week of December 6th and looking forward to my daughters arriving from abroad. One's in the UK, the other one's in the US. So this will be my last week at work. (laughs) So excited. Anyway, today I have the pleasure of uh, um, chatting with Lindsay Dannon from Nutrition with Linz. Lindsay is a master's educated holistic nutritionist, mom to three, wife, plant lover, and food enthusiast. She is a firm non-believer in diets. She specializes in women's metabolic health, hormone balance, anti-inflammatory living, and sustainable weight loss that not only produces results, but also promotes overall better health. I can't wait to get into this episode with you. Well, welcome, Lindsay, to the podcast. I'm so excited and happy for our chat. Me too. I'm so honored and excited to be here and and to share with your listeners. (laughs) Now, uh, whereabouts are you? I know you told me you're in LA. Yeah, I I live in California in the United Uh States. Yep, in like the Central Valley where all the food is grown. And so we don't have major seasons here. It's basically decently warm all year round. So I know that's probably not true for a lot of us right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in Canada and Ontario to be exact, um, just outside of Toronto. So yes, we got a fresh coating of snow last night. So I am immensely jealous of you right now. Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, the, I actually, my daughter lives in LA, my youngest, and she's um, just in North Hollywood, I think, or just off of that. Um, so yeah, um, she's been there a few years and went through the pandemic, had to come home, but went back and loves it. Absolutely loves it. So we just yeah. had a conversation with her, not uh, this week, actually. And she said, yeah, I don't think I'll be coming back to Toronto anytime soon, other than holidays. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So North Hollywood's only like maybe an hour and a half from where I live. So we're actually oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll make a point of uh, looking you up when I go visit her. <laughs> you should, I mean, we should, that'd be awesome. That would be fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> Do this in person. That, well, yeah, that'd be yeah. Super fun. <laughs> okay. So um, you're in the wellness industry, obviously um, you got into this business. How, why? Like, yeah. So probably in the way that a lot of people start to look into health and wellness. Um, about 10, 12 years ago, I had just started college. I had struggled with my weight all through high school. Um, actually had a pretty decently negative relationship with food um, and negative relationship with my body. And um, when I got into college, I started exercising a lot more. I started running. Um, and I was a long distance runner. I ran 13 half marathons and one full by the time I finished, uh, college. So in four years, um, so I was really into running looking back, you know, it helped me lose the weight, right. And that was part of the reason I got into it and that it became therapy for me. But looking back, uh, I just realized how much unhealthy, um, symptoms and, and triggers that I was dealing with that I kind of just ignored, uh, for 
the sake of being skinny. Like really, it was like the only thing that mattered was being this certain pant size or looking this certain way. And um, it wasn't until I got out of college and, and started really researching what health meant, right? Because I was dealing with some of the symptoms I was dealing with was constant bloating. Like I could barely eat basic things because I would feel terrible after I had headaches all the time, chronic acne, you know, um, all these things. And so I started researching like, well, what is triggering this? Right. Because I would go to doctors and they just wanted to prescribe me really intense pain medication. They wanted to prescribe me Accutane for the acne, like all this stuff. And I, and I knew something in me was like, I don't want to be on a bunch of medication. Like there has to be, you know, I studied by human anatomy and physiology in college. And so I knew kind of how the body worked. And I was like, I got to get to the bottom of this. Right. And so I actually just fell into a yoga studio one day <laughs> and um, through the process of um, falling in love with yoga and kind of getting into holistic health that way, I started really looking into the science of nutrition. And my brain is very much a science brain. Like I honestly, it's funny when I talk to people about this who do not think like I do, but I see the human body as a bunch of cells. Like I visualize what happens when we eat certain things and how it's broken down and how the cell is using it. Like it's kind of super nerdy, but it's so cool to me um, because that's just really like what makes me excited. And so I um, went back to school. I got my master's degree in holistic nutrition uh, and that was six years ago. And so, um, you know, coming out of the master's program, the world is kind of your oyster, right? Because you have so many different areas that you can go into um, as far as, uh, or with a holistic nutrition degree, right? Like, and, and initially, um, my focus was disease prevention and teaching people about anti-inflammatory living. Um, and I still do a large part of my practice is doing that and helping people with disease management and prevention. But I just recently, actually earlier this year, I was getting super fed up with the diet industry. Um, and just all the, I'm all the crap that uh, is spewed at us still like this is 2021 think like, some of this stuff would have disappeared by now. And so um, that's what really inspired me this year to kind of make a second focus of my business on women's metabolism, kind of breaking the cycle of dieting and empowering women to learn about how their bodies actually work um, as far as energy storage, right? Maybe not as specific as on a cellular level, because a lot of people do not care about that, I've <laughs> realized, but just um, what exactly do you need to do? um, to stop the constant cycle of jumping from diet to diet, you know, and so, and really empower yourself with true health and get the results you want, because I'm a results driven person. Like, I mean, you don't, unfortunately the, the main indicator, the main way that we tend to judge if a way of eating is relevant for us or not is how we look right. Like you can't really see what the health on the inside, you can't see, <laughs> all the good things that are happening on the inside. And so um, how, you know, learning how to do, how to hit your physical goals, which are great, but also empower your body in a way that's gonna support your immune system, your hormone health, your 
emotional health, your mental health. Right. And, and so that's kind of what I do now. That was a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so true, right? Like a, yeah. I, I would say everyone I speak to that is in this industry has come to it through a personal experience like myself yeah. as well. Right. So, and yeah. it's, and I think that's the, the, the beauty of it, if you, uh, if you will, because you have a deeper understanding, I think of how someone, you know, when someone says to you, this is how I'm feeling, or this is what I'm going through, you can relate, right? you can say yeah I know right and and you have that sense of uh commonality and understanding and empathy for the other person because it's really difficult and I think as women like you said we have this thing that we judge um how good we're doing on anything by the way we look right so um and it's natural I mean we all want to have a sense we all want to look good we all but there's so much more like vitality like you know when I tell women you know like what's more important to you fitting into that small little like black dress or feeling like you can take on the world every morning when you wake up where nothing hurts where you're just happy where you've got that you know jump out of bed what am I going to do today kind of attitude right so for me I think it's a balance right I mean um how we look is important but I think equally we have to take a look at what's going on on the inside because eventually you can look great on the outside but if you're rotting on the inside that's not going to last very long right right how (laughs) many different ways are there to lose weight that are totally not healthy right I think I could think of like 12 (laughs) yeah well think about it right it just gets repackaged and sold to us in a different kind of like little um gift box right so you look at the oh, Atkins yeah. diet, right? So, which is in my opinion, today's keto, right? So um, it's just- Well, and keto- Dr. Atkins, he died of a heart attack. Yeah, exactly. What does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Hello. So, yeah. So when you say metabolic health, and I know that's something that you um, uh, mm-hmm. specialize in, what exactly for our listeners um, is metabolic health? If you can kind of put it into yeah yeah this is actually a big misconception because most people think they hear metabolism right they hear the word metabolism or metabolic health and they think only in terms of weight loss and actually metabolism is defined and it refers to all of the chemical processes in your body that sustain your life so that's a huge subject <laughs> right and of course right energy intake and nutrition um it's a large chunk of that because it sustains your life. Um, and so where do we get our energy, right? Where do humans get our energy from what we eat? And so that's kind of, I think, why most people associate metabolism and metabolic health just with food or just with weight loss, because it is, you know, a big chunk. Um, and then metabolic health. So, uh, um, when you think about wanting to be metabolically healthy, typically what we're referring to is having, um, ideal levels of blood sugar, triglycerides, um, cholesterol levels, blood pressure, right? And uh, they also use weight circumference to um, measure metabolic health um, because visceral fat in the abdomen is a poor indicator of metabolic health. Um, it's associated with a lot of different diseases um, and short and long term. So, and then it also refers to all of these things without medication. So, having low HDL cholesterol. So having low levels of bad cholesterol with a medication is not, does not mean you're (laughs) metabolically healthy, right? We want to do all these things without medical intervention. Um, and, and the reason for that is because, you know, having good levels of these things directly relates to your risk of 
chronic disease. And I don't know what it is in Canada or where your list, where your listeners are listening from, but in the United States, it's estimated that one, or I think it's the average American will have at least one chronic disease by the time they're 50 or something like that. And then like 60% of people will have up to two. And so it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so managing these things through diet is, is really the ideal thing to do. Um, and yes, it is related to the size of your body, right? But again, it's also related to blood markers and your ability to get through your day without a bunch of medicine. Um, and, you know, the closer that you are to optimal metabolic health, the more efficiently you digest your food, you absorb your nutrients, um, and you use your food for what it needs to be used for in your body, right? So building muscle, uh, supporting the immune system, building cells, right? Regenerating your skin, all of yeah. those things um, go into that. So it's a big yeah. subject. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I did a post on that today about um, health is, um, what was the title again? Um, health is not the absence of disease, right? And in my, research, yeah. <laughs> in my yeah. research, um, it's actually one in four Canadians will have at least one chronic disease. And I believe the uh, 15% will have two or more. And then in the US, it's, uh, what did I say? One in four, I'll no, yeah. four and sorry, my, my mistake, four and 10. And in the U S is six and 10. Okay. So, that's where I got the 60%. But. Yeah. So 60%. Yeah. Right. And then 25% will have two or more. So when you think of that, it, it's no wonder why, um, you know, when COVID came along, it really took a toll on a certain, you know, uh, population yep. because mm -hmm. of that. Right. So yeah. Now, yeah. If you're metabolically unhealthy, your immune system. Is exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now um, that said though, so what can, what exactly happens to our body when we're yo-yo dieting? So, you know, you go from one, I know I did this for years, right? So yeah. I did the Atkins and I did the Weight Watchers and what have you. So if you're a constant dieter <laughs> throughout yeah. say, you know, 10, 20 years of your life, um, what exactly happens to our body and our metabolic system? Yeah. So I also did those things. Um, they're damaging for two reasons. So the first one, I talk about this a lot is that they're just not designed for long-term compliance. So they're not sustainable, right? Um, because they're either too restrictive, they create too big of a caloric deficit. So your brain literally starts starving and you feel like you're going to lose your mind and then you just go binge and it's over. Um, it can, and this leads to a cycle of shame, right? And I talked about this in my story, shame, defeat, frustration, uh, and it also hurts our hormone balance. Um, and then it causes typically, you know, we'll do it for three weeks. We fall off of it. We gain the five pounds back that we've lost. We go search for another thing. We fall off of it and, um, it just starts over and over again. And so the number one, people are often surprised to find, to figure this out, but, but this kind of leads me to my second point. The number one predictor for weight gain is dieting. Mm. which makes no <laughs> sense if you don't understand how human physiology works, but jumping from diet to diet or restricting and then binging, restricting and then binging, it just dysregulates uh, most of our hormones, but specifically the fat storing hormones. So like insulin, cortisol, estrogen, ghrelin, leptin. I mean, those things play a big role in other parts of the body as well, but also the fat storage. So that's why 
dieting and restricting and binging that and yo-yo dieting predicts weight gain because those hormones are so unregulated and out of whack that our bodies are just confused all the time. Right. And so women's health, I mean, at all stages of life is extremely dependent on our hormone cycle. I mean, it changes obviously later in life, but, um, for definitely during pre-menopause, right. Unlike men, right. Whose hormones are regulated the same, no matter what day or month it is, whatever. Right. (laughs) Um, and so our physiology and the reason for this is our physiology is already pointing us towards storing fat. Like women's bodies are actually set up to store fat. And that's a good thing, right. For those of us that are mothers or want to become mothers, because that's how we support bringing life into this world. And so yo-yo dieting just, just dysregulates that process even further. Um, and the number one hormone that you can start to regulate right now, that is like the number one predictor of fat storage is cortisol. And it's a hot word right now, but uh, (laughs) it is a hormone produced by the adrenal glands, right? And it's, it's associated with stress. And so when we yo-yo diet, cortisol is up and it's down, it's up and it's down because our bodies think that we're starving half the time. And then when we start to eat again, right. And, and starving is stressful. Starving produces cortisol. So when we start to binge and bring food back into our diets, our body packs on the fat, right? This causes that fat storage again. It causes the weight gain to come right back. So instead of, you know, jumping from diet to diet, finding a plan that actually sustains you, that doesn't cause constant restriction and frustration, right. And, and, uh, a plan that supports your lifestyle, your stage of life, your stress levels, right. Regulates cortisol. That's a way better approach yeah. in my opinion than just finding something on Facebook that your <laughs> sister's best friend is doing or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then that's just it, right. As thick as women, we have to just, um, become more educated. Yeah. It, because at the end of the day, we can't keep following all these because I did it for years and that, you know, I noticed it in myself. It's like, you know, what would happen is like with every diet, you just lost less and mm-hmm. it seemed like you gained more after you stopped. Right. So, yep. and that's just because you've taught your body that it went in starvation mode, you need yep. to save. So the minute you gave it food, what did it do? It packed it away because it didn't, yep. it doesn't trust you. You it need doesn't to, trust you. You need to get your body to trust you again. Right. To yeah, you know, say, hey, listen, it, I'm going to have a steady supply of everything. Don't hang on to, it. <laughs> you know, it's okay. And a lot of women that come in and begin my metabolism program, and that are coming from a yo-yo diet, they're kind of irritated with me at first because I make them go through a two month process of slowly eating more food, training their body to learn to trust them, right? It's called metabolism retraining. You're literally teaching your body to trust you again. So it doesn't do what you were just talking about. It doesn't pack the fat on when food's in surplus and then hold on to it. Like it's going <laughs> to like, yeah. you know, go out of style or whatever when you're, yeah. <laughs> when you're in a diet yeah. again. So, yeah. um, yeah. It's yeah. And I mean, it's just design. Like it, it's actually a brilliant design, right? It because in yeah. times of famine, we needed that. And like you yep. said, for women, you know, we need to be, uh, if you choose to have children, you know, right. it, there, there's a certain amount of fat you do need to be able to conceive <laughs> and carry exactly. a pregnancy to term. So it, our bodies are, are like, in my opinion, are like brilliantly designed. So smart. Just, we have, you know, I think 
bastardized it to the point oh, yeah. that it's so confused and doesn't know. It's like, listen, <laughs> you know, yeah. what are you doing to me? What's next? Right. And it's just, yeah. it's just I think. Yeah. The, yeah. Lot. It's like, if you're going to start, <laughs> hold on to fat because, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly. Men's bodies don't do that. And that's don't do thing. that. Yeah. I think, you know, um, I could talk about this in a little bit, but yeah. 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 Now, um, given that there's so many like fad diets out there, I mean, you can probably count, <laughs> you need more hands to count how many are out there. What would you say in your professional opinion right now is the most damaging diet mm. out there that women or men for that matter need to really steer clear of? Um, you know, honestly, all of them, but I think the ones that are the biggest that I see the most of, like in my circle that people try and on social media and stuff are intermittent fasting. That is a diet. I know people do not think it's a diet, but it's a diet and it's harmful to women and keto. Both are like, in my mind, just, you know, terrible for women's bodies. Um, because, and think of, if you guys do re if you do research into these diets, they were both brought mainstream by a male doctor who is selling a product. So follow the money, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, do some Googling keto actually has been around for a long time and it's very effective for people prone to epilepsy because mm -hmm. it rewires the brain and, and doesn't trigger seizures as often. I have patients that are on keto for seizure management, but that is honestly the That's only exactly, person, yeah. only people that should yeah. be following keto, in my opinion, which is why not, it was designed in the first place. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. not created to be sustainable for the majority of the population or even healthy. So in particular, so I, I want to talk about intermittent fasting because I get a lot of questions about this because many women try it and may see good fat, re good results initially. But again, ask yourself, is that sustainable? Mm -hmm. No, yeah, not usually. And are you able to regulate how much food you're eating or what you're eating, even regulate cravings when you come out of a fast? And most women are not because and it can be a reason for, you know, mood swings, headaches, things like that. So I personally do not for women, especially that are premenopausal, a 12 hour fast is just enough. Fasting is good for you yeah. for other health reasons, yeah, right? Yeah. Like fasting occasionally is actually really good for your cells yeah. um, and autophagy, but fasting for months and months and months. Yeah. That's where the problem lies. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the problem lies. Yeah. I found that out um, a few years ago, actually doing some blood work, how, you know, they, they ask you to fast, but yep. 12 hours is ideal. Once mm -hmm. you start hitting 14 or anything above that, you actually get worse results in yep. your blood work than it. So, you know, it makes me, so I was like, that's interesting. Right. So like yeah. I had an actual kind of physical, um, because I've had like tests with 12 hours fasting, then I had had tests about 15 to 16 hours fasting okay. and the results were dramatically different. So, um, you know, it, it's well, interesting. So that just goes to show that there is truth to what you just said, right? Like I've, yeah. I've myself have proved it. Yeah. Well, in 12 hours fasting is, you know, you eat dinner at six o'clock and you eat breakfast at six o'clock the next morning. Like it's yeah. not yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. plenty of time, right? It's plenty yeah. of time for your body yeah. to get rid of toxins, regulate cell production and exactly do what it needs to do. Yeah. Do what it needs I to mean, do. I mean, I know yeah. that fasting is used in the, um, 
diabetes world um, because there is yeah. some benefit in that. But again, I think I don't think it's done in the typical way. It's you see these influencers using it on Facebook or Instagram. Oh, I think it's very yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now, if someone has been a chronic yo-yo dieter for years, is there a way that they can restore the metabolic health? Can they restore it? Is it possible? And if so, how? Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, I, I kind of mentioned this before, but it's, there's a specific protocol that you can follow. Um, it's metabolism retraining. And I don't know if that's something that you can find on the internet or whatever, because it is very specific to what you've been doing, where you're at your current weight, height, age, all those things. Um, but basically it, again, it's typically a two month process. Um, and I just want to say not all hope is lost. If you feel like you have a slow <laughs> metabolism, like if you're yeah. living off of 800 calories a day and you're afraid to eat more, like we oh, really God. need to help you. <laughs> I know women, especially like postmenopausal, that they just literally don't eat. I mean, are you serious? Oh my. Yeah. Because they're afraid of gaining weight. They just, their metabolism is in the, in the just totally done. And think about it. Like I always explain metabolism like this, think of it like a campfire, right? So like, you know, your campfire starts as like some hot coals, or maybe it's been out for a while or it's mm. going out, right. A slow metabolism, metabolism, like hot coals. If you throw a bunch of big logs on some hot coals, they're going to just sit there. Nothing's going to happen. Right. Yeah. You have to add kindling, you have to add newspaper, you have to add yeah. pine needles, whatever, <laughs> right. You have to add little stuff first until the flames start coming back. And then yeah. you can add the big logs. And that's kind of what you do through metabolic metabolic retraining is slowly add back food, right? And, and every yeah. week we look at how your body is responding to the food, right? We teach your body again to trust you again. Um, and it takes about two months to do so. By the end, women go from eating like 1200 calories a day to their resting metabolic rate, which is typically depending on, again, a lot of different factors, but typically it's around 2000 to 24 calories a day mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah. and they don't gain a single pound. Yeah. And yeah. they look at me and they're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like how can I go to eating 1200 more calories a day and not gain weight? And I'm like, well, because your body is not clinging onto fat anymore. Right. It's using it for what it needs to be used for. And their headaches are gone. Their skin issues are gone their mood swings are gone. They're sleeping better. Right. And so that's, there is hope. Yeah. You don't have to live with the slow metabolism <laughs> designed yeah. to give you energy. You just have to do it in the right way. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just it. And sleep is huge. And I think a lot yeah. of women don't realize that how we eat, how we feed ourselves actually does affect your sleep. You know, like, the, yeah. oh, I can't sleep. I can't, you know, and I have, a, you know, a friend who's actually a nurse and she's busy, you know, uh, in and out of clinic. But there's days when she says to me, I had a yogurt today. And I'll say, what? Like all day. And she said, yeah, I've just been so busy. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I would literally, I think I would just pass out flat on the floor, like cannot move. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so but yeah, yeah, that's just yes. nuts. Now, or they just have coffee all day. Like I have friends. Oh, coffee, yeah, like, that's the other one. Like I didn't eat a cigarette. Till 4 p.m. because I drank six cups of coffee. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Are you going to sleep tonight? Like I'm going I know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, and that's it. Yeah, it's like, I don't know why I can't sleep. You know, well, what did you eat today? Well, I, I know. Cups of coffee. I had a cigarette. Oh yeah. I ate a muffin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <I> so, <wonder. laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> caffeine and sugar and fat. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Refined everything. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Now, okay. So if someone's listening to this podcast and is on a fad diet and is saying, yeah, you know, that's all well and good, but my 1200 calories is working. I, you know, I'm fitting into my clothes that I want to be a size, whatever. Um, What advice would you give them just to get them to understand the, the true long-term effects of that? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to make a post about this, actually, because it stimulated some thinking, um, which thank you, by the way, uh, <laughs> post ideas are good. Yeah. Um, but the indicators that I use as a health professional to decide if a way of eating is healthy or not or beneficial or not, right, is honestly, results is the last thing I look at, right? The first thing I look at is energy levels. Are your energy levels stable throughout the day? or are you up and down, up and down, caffeine, sugar, caffeine, sugar, right? Or needing a nap at 2 p.m. or you wake up exhausted or you're tired by dinner, right after dinner time or whatever it is. So looking at your energy levels, um, looking at your mood regulation throughout the day, your emotional regulation throughout the day. If you're again on the roller coaster of mood, right? Up and down, snapping at your kids, mad at your husband, honking at people on the road, right? Like having thoughts, you know, anxious thoughts or depressed thoughts, like that indicates to me that it's not a beneficial way of eating, right? All of this stuff plays in, in together, clear thinking. So are you experiencing brain fog? Are you experiencing forgetfulness, right? A lot of people that try keto or low carb diets start to get brain fog and forgetfulness because, um, glucose, right? Carbs as the main fuel source of our brain. Um, and is the, is this way of eating really empowering you and in increasing your confidence, right? So if this diet is making you feel shameful or, um, frustrated or depressed, like you can't participate in everyday life because you have to only eat this much food or whatever it is, um, then it's just not for you, right? There are better ways out there. There you can eat all your favorite foods and still fit into the pants, right? And yeah. and again, so if any of those things raised a red flag in your head, I would consider stopping yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. looking into a more sustainable way of living because honestly, so yeah, maybe you are on a 1200 calorie diet right now and you are seeing the results that you want. Are you really prepared to only eat 1200 calories for the rest of your life? Because if you're not, yeah. I would bet my life that weight's going to come back Yeah, probably way quicker than it took to get it off, right? Because of all these things we've been talking about. And also just the the mental stress of the whole thing. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, just like you said, the shame, if you, you know, you have this, um, and I hate, 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 like loathe when I see this of cheat meals. I think that's what they're going it's like, yes. are you kidding me? Like now you've just set me up to believe that I, you know, I have a reward system that if I'm good, mm-hmm. <laughs> I get to, you know, cheat, you know, or like, right. you know, geez, it's like, how much more can they do to us? You know, to just, I know. <laughs> well, and again, it assigns like good and bad labels to food when, yeah, there are foods that support your health more than others, of yeah. course. Yeah. And yes, we should eat the ones that support our our bodies health more than the ones yeah. that don't. Yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, and I really, cause I have younger kids. And so I really shy away from 
it's interesting because I've never restricted sugar or candy or anything. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's around, but my kids rarely ask for it when they do. It's like half a piece, right? I don't use it as a reward system. I don't use food as leverage at all because I think that this is like a totally different subject, but I think that way of thinking, especially in women starts when we're young and and really like food is just food. Um, and so again, yeah, that, that shame cycle starts so early and that's why it's hard for people to break the cycle of fad dieting because it's literally ingrained in us since we were eight years old or whatever. And and it's hard to see the light through the different way. And it, you're right. I mean, I think for a lot of us, it be, it's that reward system that we grew up with, whether it be from yeah. our parents or from grandparents or caregivers that, you know, okay, you finish all your peas and you'll get to have ice cream. Exactly. So it's always just like, okay, so if I'm good and I mm-hmm. eat my broccoli, <laughs> right. you know, I'm going to get to have that chocolate bar or whatever. So right. it, it stays with us. And it becomes that kind of shameful thing that if we, oh no, you know, I actually didn't eat all my broccoli and I'm still having the ice cream or the chocolate bar. Is it okay? Right. So like you said, I mean, I've always been one of these people that it was easy for me to drop something and just like, you know, nope, it's not good for me. And just, but I know it's hard for a lot of people to do like even going plant-based. I mean, it took me six whole months to truly transition to 100%, right? So it started off with giving up dairy. And then I noticed a difference. It's, it's one of those things that it was progressive, but Mm -hmm. when I started seeing the results and feeling like better and like just the energy and my skin and you know I just thought oh okay I can do this and like you said you know um yeah it's uh it's in some cases in the beginning it was difficult with social Mm -hmm. uh, circles and what have you but eventually um you know you just start to learn how to navigate that you know, whether it be um, there, I mean, the options are endless now everywhere you go. Like we were in like the UK in September and every restaurant vegan or not, like it was just like has a a plant-based option of something. And even if they don't, you talk to the waiter and they can usually go to the chef and they can put something together for you. Not a problem. So I think for the most part, um, we ourselves put in these limitations and, and say, you know, yeah. no, I can't do that. Or I can't, you know, so eating healthier is, is one of those things that, you know, like you said, it's not a question that it's good food and bad food. I think some foods bring you closer. It depends on your goal, right? So right. if your goal is to be healthy and vibrant and a steady uh, weight, not having to yo-yo diet, then you're going to gravitate to foods that are lead you in that direction. And, right. you know, maybe um, like, a, like, you know, I believe in the 80-20 rule, right? So, yeah. you know, if 80% of the time you are like eating fantastic and everything that is good for you, then, you know, you go out with friends and you have a piece of cake or you have a donut or you have some ice cream or whatever it is that you want, mm-hmm. then you have it. And it's not like, it's not like, it's not one donut that's going to get you fat. And it's not one piece right. of broccoli that's going to get you healthy. Right. It's, nope. like, it's what you do <laughs> most of the time. Right. So, yep. and that just, that doesn't just mean eating either. Right. It's your lifestyle, you know, exercising falls under that self-care and just, so I think just rewiring ourselves to, to get to that, you know? Yeah. When you were talking, I was just thinking it's like learning how to measure our success on how we feel every day versus the pants, the pants size we're wearing or what the scale said, or, you know, 
all that. I know you shared with me, your husband threw your scale out years ago. And <laughs> you know, at the, be- the oh. day when, it, when I realized what had happened, I was so pissed with him because it was an expensive scale. Right. <laughs> it was one of those fancy ones that gave you like everything and it had yeah, a, like whatever body, but, yeah. family members and, you know, it was all programmed and I just was so proud of the darn thing. And now that it's gone, it's been, I don't know, five years. I am like, yes, <laughs> I, the only yeah. time I weigh myself is a yearly physical at, at the doctor's, doctors yeah. and that's it. My yeah. weight has now fluctuated and I can still fit. My clothes are my measure. Right. Right. And, you know, and I don't worry about that like anymore. Like for me, it's just like, you know, how good do I feel? How much yeah. energy do I have? You know, I don't yeah. feel like, you know, I can work out. And like I said, you know, like you're much younger than me, but you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you go to the gym and you don't feel like, you know, you're sore for three mm. days. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you recover quick inflammation. Yeah. You know, inflammation yep. is so much less, right? So yeah. Yeah. It's, you just have to learn to measure it in different ways and um, it's a process, but I think it can be done and it's just uh, educating. It can be done. Right? Yeah. It's just about, you know, I really, yeah. I love what you said too about, you know, is your desire really, you know, so you hit your pant size goal or whatever, but if you're not vibrant, if you have no energy, if you're moody all the time, then what is it exactly. worth it? <laughs> now you fit into your skinny jeans but you're unhappy but you're, you're miserable busy. nobody wants yeah. to be around you because you're always snapping. yeah because you're like angry all the time because you're so hungry yeah I know it's you're hungry 24 7 yeah we've all been there so yeah I totally oh 1000 you know? yeah like I said I think I did a post on this and like I can't believe how many things I've tried over the years and, oh you know it was just a, like awful <laughs> I know I told you this is like the last thing I'll say, but there's the new like carnivore diet going around. God. Where they no, they literally, I'm like, I bet she's so annoyed with this because they do not even eat, but like you can't even put herbs. You're not even supposed to put herbs on stuff. Like you can't eat any vegetables whatsoever, like no fiber. Oh (laughs) like what? (laughs) Why? Like I said to you, that is great news for Metamucil. No, it's, it's like, like red meat and eggs. I'm like, oh, that's all they eat. I don't get oh it. My. Oh, geez. I know. Yeah. Right. Oh, so, so. I found I, I don't like to make fun of other people, but I found an account that's like a carnivore diet mm. person. She's sharing her food that she eats every day. And I'm like, every picture looks the same. It's yeah. like meat <laughs> and eggs on a plate. Yeah. 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 It's interesting oh. you say that because when I first transitioned and family and friends would say, but oh, but isn't that so boring? Like all you have is plants. And I'm like, there are like billions of plants. Yeah. I said, you have three or four chicken, Mm -hmm. (laughs) beef, (laughs) fish, you know, and some kind of other, whatever, sheep, goat, whatever you want to eat. But I don't know about you, but I think I have more of this option. Like who's the boring one now? (laughs) Exactly. Right. So there you go. Well, it's been amazing talking to you today. This was so great. It was so fun. Yeah. Really, really enjoyed our chat. So tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you. I am mostly on Instagram at nutrition with lens, L I N D S. Um, or you can go to nutritionwithlens.com and there's an email button. If you have any questions. 
Awesome. Well, I'll put that all in the show notes. Okay. And, uh, yeah, for people to get a hold of you. Well, have a great day, Lindsay. It's been you amazing too. talking to you. Thank you, my friend. Stay warm. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I need to. Yeah. I need to, yeah, I've been avoiding going out to do anything. Uh, anything yeah, I would get also. out there. <laughs> and it's, no. not, it's not that bad. I'm Canadian. Like I've been here in this country for over 50 years, and you think by okay. now I'd be used to it, but it's just one of those things that, yeah. I don't think you ever. I think 40 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit is cold. So I would probably oh, not go back. <laughs> Actually, interesting you say that because my daughter, who I said is in LA, she was born and raised in, in Canada. Right. And she says, she, oh, she, um, I should be used to cold weather. She goes, but now that she's, you know, in California, she says, I've become acclimatized. Yeah, yeah, she says that now she says, I feel cold. And she went out and buy some fuzzy sweater, and her girlfriend gave her a weighted, like heated blanket. A weighted blanket. <laughs> She's walking around like, who are you? Like, <laughs> I think it's like 70 degrees still in North yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> Here she walks around in shorts and t-shirts, mind you, like my husband keeps the heat up higher when they're home, but oh, that's <laughs> yeah, so funny. Oh anyway, have that. a fabulous day and you too. talk soon. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Before you go, I want to tell you about my free guide, Thrive, Don't Just Survive. I designed this guide to give you actionable steps you can take today to relieve symptoms of hormone imbalances. Head over to my website, www.livinglavidaplantbased.com and download your copy today. Okay, so there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening from so that together we can make a difference. Until next time, live well to age well.